What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Hey, buddy, you're looking a little sad. What's wrong? I have terrible news, Glenn. Go on, tell me. I've lost my favourite leash. Lost it, or did one of your legions of fans over in America steal it from your backpack? Either or both, I don't know. Mm, That's terrible news, but there's a fix. What? Our mate, our good mate, Jason Buffhead Furman from Ironswick Dog Quip. Ironswick Dog Quip? Ironswick Dog Quip. He has leads. Could I get it customised? You can get it customised, absolutely. To have my name, company logo. All of it, everything. Blazoned upon it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, he does all that and more. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, you know the deal. Why don't you tell us about some of the stuff that you know about our good friend, Jason Furman. Jason Furman is where I get all of my Herm Springer items, if I were to use those. Yes, he does those. He has um, uh, leashes and leads and correction tugs chains and, and tugs. All kinds of dog-related equipment. Balls. Balls and tugs. Spring pole-style setups. Yep. Parachutes. Kind of parachutes for dogs. Everything. Are you still doing the parachutes? Yep. I yep. think because he gets those from Fireport. Who are the mills? That he, he does he mills. Does. My God, he does mills. So pretty much all dog training equipment. Geez, you've lifted my spirits. Oh, well, that's good. I no. can see. Look at you. You've got a big smile on your face. <laughs> no longer should I be sad about my lost <laughs> leash. I'll be able to get a brand new one from Jason Furman at Ironswick Dog Quip. Yeah, we should ring him up again one day and taunt him. Probably. Yeah. And he has a website. Oh, my God. Hasn't that been a bloody ordeal? Ironswick Dog Quip. Ironswick Dog Quip, Jason Furman. He has a website and I believe it's ironswick.com or is it .au? I'd have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in studio today by my co-host, Glenn Cook. How do you, sir? We're internationally recognised now. We're not just a standard podcast anymore. <laughs> where are you going with that? Our, yeah, I see that, but where, why did you, where did that come from? Well, we are. It's true. Yeah, that's true. We can boast about it now. Yeah. Our good friend, Mel Benware. Oh, by the way, Mel Benware doesn't really like being called Mel Benware. She likes to be called Melanie, Melanie. Benware. Yeah, that's true. But because we're Australian and we're not in America and she can't kick her asses, I'm going to keep calling her Mel Benware until I'm over there and officially working and then I'll call her El Presidente. Yes. You'll call her ma'am. I'll call her ma'am. Yep. I will. But until then, until she can't get her hands on around my neck, I'll call her Mel Benware. Mm, okay. So Mel Benware doesn't like being called Mel Benware. She likes to be called Melanie Benware, but we're going to call her Mel Benware anyway. Okay. Okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> Hi, Mel. Love you. <laughs> Where are you going? What's what's going on here? With what? The show. What, what are you doing? The show I want to talk about today was around the topic of consent. Okay. What do you think about it? Doesn't exist in animals. Okay. Let's wrap up the show. <laughs> That's as simple that, as it probably needs to be. So thanks for listening to the Canine Paradigm. Yeah. Mm. So why do you want to talk about that? What, well, what, the why way is wanna... this? Because you've been talking to me for a, a while about this. I want to do a show on consent. Mm. What's got you riled up about that? It's something that I've seen online for a period of time now. There's a movement in it. Like if you look around in forums, there's a group or a methodology in 
training beliefs that support it more or less. Okay. However, it's leaching into more proactive models of thinking. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is the balanced community, mm-hmm. the people that I consider more pragmatic in their approach to training, mm-hmm. are starting to use that term as well. Okay. And that's frustrating me a little bit simply for the fact that I don't like the term Okay. personally. I don't like the term. It's like Stephen Crowder changed my mind. I would like people to change my mind about it if they can, if there is a possible argument to say that, yes, it exists and, yes, we should use it. I mean, I guess when you talk to people like Dr. Roger Abrantes and the fact that he makes around science when he says it's either a fact or it isn't. Mm -hmm. So what is it? Is it it a belief? Is it a feeling or is it a fact? Well, I think that if you're going to take a position and argue a point on something, you first must define the terms under which you're going to take that. Mm. So when you're talking about consent, what does that mean? It means- In regards to animal training. Well, this is only perception on my behalf, but what what I'm seeing in people's belief and what their writings online are, their doctrines, is- they believe that if you're going to do anything with a dog, let's say it be an obedience command or something like that, it mm-hmm. should be more based on having consent from the animal to do so. Yeah, but what does the word consent mean? Yeah, well, that's that could be argued, can't it? I mean, if you went no. to- No. Okay. <laughs> well, tell me what- Well, definitions can't be argued. They no, are, well, they can't. They are what they are. But beliefs around it can be. Yeah. And that's the issue. So what is the definition of consent? Let's Let's, let's look it up. Let's see that. Let's dig into it online. Okay. So consent, according to the online dictionary, is permission for something to happen or agreement to do something. Right. So how do you get that from a dog? Well, I don't know. That's the whole topic that driving at me. And I guess that when we were at the ISCP, one of our studious guests was talking about that topic actually brought it up and I triggered on it at the time that it was brought up. Like I asked the question, mm-hmm. like, you know, how do you get consent? And you made a very salient point some time ago, and it may have even been in that uh, that episode. I'm not sure, but I'm sure you brought it up somewhere along the line within the last five or six episodes where you said, you know, like it's when people have this belief and the concept that a dog would take a bullet for you, mm. but the dog doesn't understand the concept of taking a bullet for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think from my point of view on this, I've seen it come around just like you have. It's it's quite a hot topic. There was a recently, I think it was on uh, a morning show, mm. just junk, someone talking about the idea of like guide dogs being unethical because it doesn't consent to the work or right. any kind of working dog. I think that this whole concept is nonsense. Um, but I also think that it's been taken up by some people who would like to appear to be progressive. And the problem is, you know, like everybody in an attempt to out progressive, the progressives leads to <laughs> madness. So I think that the idea of consent from an animal is it doesn't exist because they probably don't have the processing power to understand consequences in the same way that we would. So I think evolutionarily speaking that there was a step in the chain where like we have theory of mind as people where I can understand, like it's a step in human development where I know things that you don't know. And I know that there's things you can't know. Mm -hmm. Right. So And like, say another, like a step in human development was like being able to plan for the future and things like that. So it would be that like early man or what would eventually become man, I can't remember what stage it was in evolution, would only 
carry or use a tool at the time of needing it. There was a day where one of these beings decided like, maybe I should carry this with me all the time Mm -hmm. because I might need it in the future. So his club that he was using as a weapon during the fight, he would pick up and use as a weapon. And then one day someone said, why don't I carry this around everywhere? And then when a fight happens, I'll be ready for it. Yep. So there were all these steps to getting to the point where we're at now. And I think that also like the idea of self as well is an interesting concept that Mm. is really, this is, we're, we're going deep and I'm way out of my league talking about this stuff in terms of human psychology. But you know, like key people in human history would tell you that they were led by uh, a voice in their head that was like God, yep. right? But the idea is like, if you don't have an idea of self, what is the self, then your internal monologue in your head, that voice in your head, if you don't understand that that is yours, and that was true of people like only a thousand, couple of thousand years ago, they didn't understand that's just your own internal monologue. If mm-hmm. you were a highly driven person, then that internal voice in your head would be perceived as a the voice of God. As a deity, yeah. Yeah, and so people would, you know, like Alexander the Great, like I was told to do this by God, that kind yep. of thing, right? It's just his own ego and mm-hmm. determination, but it was a voice that he heard in his head. It was his own voice. Yep. So there's lots of things that I think people are capable of really working through, and there's been, you know, thousands of years or probably millions, at least hundreds of thousands of years in the evolution to get to the point where we're at, yep. where we can understand consequences of things. Absolutely. Right? So I think that we can understand like through, you know, the way that we learn it is from experience or from other people's experience. We can observe and learn from other people's experience. Yep. So I know if me and you were to get into a fight now and we were to fight like physically, one of us will be hurt badly. There will be a winner and there'll be a loser. And the loser will carry the consequence of that potentially forever, Mm -hmm. right? Now, me and you don't need to ever have been in that fight for me to know that because, well, I've been in that fight with other people, but I have observed that fight with other people and I can see that the the lasting consequence of that, Mm -hmm. right? So two people get in a fight, one of them is badly injured and he carries the scars of that injury for the rest of his life. Yep. I don't think that there's a mechanism in, and I think like I'm I'm not an expert on this shit. I'm talking out my ass right now. It's okay. We're, we're just shooting the shit. I don't think there's a mechanism in that for dogs to understand the consequences of their actions in that. They live more in the moment. That's right. In Mm. the long term, like that. And the reason I bring up the idea of like the planning for the future is you see dogs will drop their ball and then, then to to go and look at something else and then want another ball that they find, right? So they don't think I should carry this around with me everywhere. Now that would be a possession thing if the dog did, right? Mm. But they dogs don't tend to plan for the future. Uh, they just live in the moment. And so I don't think that the dog can think about the consequence of their actions. Mm. And uh, when you talk about consent, well, I don't think there'd be a single person listening to this show that thinks dog fighting is a good idea. Right. Right. I don't think there would be a single person that thinks dog fighting is wonderful and we should allow dogs to fight to the death or or to submission. Mm -hmm. The problem is- Well, that's not the audience we want to attract anyway. No, exactly. Mm. But the problem is there's shitloads of dogs that think that would be wonderful, Mm -hmm. right? There there are dogs who would want nothing more than to be given the opportunity to be put in a pit and fight another dog. And, you know, and I'm stealing this from Jay- the reason that's not okay, even though the dogs really want to do it and they enjoy it, 
is they can't consent to it. Mm-hmm. They don't give permission to the idea that they love to fight and they've been bred to do that, but they don't understand the consequences of what will happen in that fight. Right. Right. Or maybe they do understand the consequences to an extent. They could understand they could be injured, but they don't understand that this could be the final thing and for fun you shouldn't do this. Mm. Therefore, they can't consent to it. Therefore, it's unethical. Because the the truth is there's dogs that just love to fight other dogs, right? there is. Now, there's people who just love to fight other people and Mm. we let that happen. We put them in a cage and we let them beat the piss out of each other and we observe it and we bet on it and we pay money. And we're okay with that because we say the two of them consented to doing that. And yep, that's what they boxing, did. They that's signed what, a document to say, yeah, I, I agree I, with all the terms and conditions. Yeah. And yep. they've seen and they've understood that somebody else got in the cage. People have died in that octagon, right? Yep. This is what could happen to you, but you accept for the money or the glory or just the straight up fucking fun of it. I accept that these are the consequences. I consent to that. Yep. So the argument for not allowing dogs who really, really want to fight each other to not to to never allow them to do that is that they can't consent to to what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's reasonable then to then say, well, a dog can then consent to a medical procedure or not. Yep. Right. You can't have that both ways. I don't believe that a dog can can consent to anything without understanding the repercussions of it. Right. And what I see from a lot of people who would say this is the dog giving consent is no, this is the dog performing a learned behavior, mm-hmm. all right? So uh, recently, I think in one of even in our forum, someone posted on this, there was a, a dog that does like a, it's like a chin touch or something like that in the hand. And then that during that chin touch, there's the medical procedure performed, right? Yep. And I would argue, I didn't bother commenting, but I would argue that that's just a learned behavior that the dog has learned to tolerate distractions in. Mm-hmm. And that if the dog breaks from that behavior, there is no further reinforcement, right? And so essentially that video that I saw- It's more a practice in stress reduction. Yeah, but that video I saw was like the box without the box. Yep. It was just a dog locking into one behavior yep. and accepting whatever else happened to it mm-hmm. in order to get reinforcement. And it's because of the reinforcement history of that behavior that it accepted discomfort during that in order to stay in the behavior. Do you have a problem with that? No, not at all. Neither do I. Not at all. Because I think that- on the well, long that's game, how you, that's, that's how, how you should be done. That's how you train a dog to yeah. undergo those sorts of things, exactly. right? Exactly. Like they uh, do in zoos and so forth. Exactly. Yep. But I still don't consider that consent. consent. No. I don't see how that could possibly be consent because yep. if it's a vaccination, right, you will have people say, well, the dog, he, by performing this behavior, he consents to the vaccination. Mm-hmm. Well, does he? Like, I think that he consents to... Uh, he do- well, he doesn't consent. I think what he agrees to is to lock in behavior in order to potentially get reinforcement. He knows that he can endure some discomfort during the that behavior in order to receive the reinforcement. But like if you were to ask the dog, do you want to be vaccinated against parvo? He would say, what is parvo? Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's not that – like there's so many layers to this that mm. I don't think that you can – like – That's okay. a good point. That's a good point. The, yeah. the interviewing the dog process. It, yeah, it doesn't – you can't do it in a sufficient way to agree that the dog gives consent. Yep. Like so but, when I go to the doctor and I, my doctor says to me, do you want to get a flu shot? Now, I'm not just consenting and that time to the pain that will come of the injection. I'm consenting to the potential – 
not getting the flu. Yeah, but but I'm also consenting to the potential side effects yep. and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which a dog can't do. There's just no- There's no comprehension of it. There's no way you could say to the dog, right. hey, you're going to be lethargic for a couple of days post this. Are mm. you sure that you're not gonna, got some busy stuff being on, right? Are you sure that you have the time, mm. you know- Post this. There's in- the peripherals that aren't considered. Yeah. Post yep. this injection, right. you shouldn't have. Uh, you shouldn't be working out for the next 48 hours. Do you consent to not working out for the next 48 hours? And as the owner of that dog or the the handler of that dog, you are then a custodian for making sure the dog doesn't exert itself for the next 48 hours. The same way you consented to when you got the flu shot, when he gets his vaccination. So. The thing is, you've made the choices for the dog and yep. you will continue to make the choices for the dog forever. So as you are a father mm-hmm. and you're a guardian of your own son, yep. Rip, okay, parent and guardian yep. of, of your son, if he went to a doctor with you and you said to him, Rip, is it okay with you if the doctor gives you an injection? Okay, and he says no, what's going to happen next? Yeah, so this is a good point. Uh, I usually don't enjoy when people compare. I know it's uh, a difficult one. What? No, when people compare dogs sure. to to children because they're very different things. Well, there's a limitation in concept as well in, in Recently, brain concept. So Rip turned four uh, a few months ago, and yep. at four he gets more injections. Yep. Right. So this exact situation happened. Now, in the cup, we know this is happening. It's booked in. In the couple of days prior, we're prepping him for it. We're yep. explaining this is what's going to happen. We're talking about the process and how it's going to go, and because. I am who I am. We trained a behavior that he was going to do while he got the injection. And we talked about how after the injection, the doctor would give him a lollipop. Yep. Right. You didn't make him do the box, did you? No, but something, <laughs> something, similar. something similar. It was, well, it was like a breathing technique and yeah, I told yeah, him to cool. focus on me. Yep. Right. And we even took the lollipop with us in case the doctor didn't have one because mm-hmm. we knew that if we've the talked about, wasn't present. Well, we've talked about this, yep. right? So we've talked about how you're going to get this injection. It's going to hurt, but you're during it, you're going to focus on this. You're going to lock into this behavior as much as you can. And afterwards, you're going to get a lollipop and that's going to be make it worthwhile going through. Yep. And so if I don't produce the lollipop, I'm a fucking liar. Yep. So we, we took it with us, yep. right? Yep. Good it was actually a lollipop and he likes those Kinder Surprise eggs. So he, yep. Jane cool. had one of those with him. Mm. But if he had, when we got there, said- fuck this, this ain't happening, and which didn't happen. It was all fine. He's getting pinned down. He's getting that shot. Yep. <laughs> like, because he can't consent. Like, I am in charge of that for him. Right. Right? Mm. And if when he turns 18, he decides he's an anti-vaxxer and doesn't want to get vaccinated ever again, that's well, his choice. that's him then. Yeah. Right? But well, and, you're no longer his guardian at that stage. You're he's still right. his parent, but you're no longer in charge of making informed decisions for or choices for your child. That's right. And mm. so for on the in regards to him, all he knows of the vaccines that he will get mm. is that it will hurt. Yep. That's all he understands from it. He doesn't understand the immunity that it will give him, how necessary it is for his life and blah 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 blah. Yep. Right? So therefore I take the role of giving consent to him getting that vaccination because I do understand that it is worthwhile him getting it. Mm. So I take control. As I say, all he understands is that it's going to hurt. That's yep. it. But then we say, well, it's going to hurt, but you're going to get a lollipop, all right? I think it's exi- this is one of the few times when I do think that um, what you would do with a kid and what you would do with a dog when you apply the, the two over the top, not just behaviorally how you would train it, but also like the, the ethos around it, it does, it does equate, right? Your dog can't understand that, hey, you need this vaccination. And so I will 
go to lengths to try and make sure a dog is okay with it. But if he's not, it's happening whether he wants to or not. That's mm-hmm. that's how it's going. He he doesn't. I don't need his consent because he can't give it. Yeah, that's right. It's going to go down. Yeah, yeah. And that's I I guess that's one of the issues that I hold on it is that people are comparing that to asking a dog. You know, does it want to do a certain behaviour? Well, what if they have a perception that the dog has said no? Yeah. Well, they do that. I've seen people that. That's will right. Do this, I've right? seen it on videos, and I'm I'm just intrigued at their at their level of thinking it it really relates to what what has become again common in certain circles is this idea of giving the dog choice where people will have the reinforcer that you are training with yep. available to the dog for free mm-hmm. and asking the dog then to perform the work and he has the option of earning the reinforcer from you or just getting it going and eating it from the bowl that's on the floor yep and I see people doing that and the dog does stay engaged with them because I think there's the novelty in the in the videos that they post. The mm-hmm. dog does stay engaged with them because of the novelty that's available to it. Now, whether they're really doing it properly in the way that they explain, I, I doubt. Yep. But also, I don't see any of those people doing anything impressive. Mm-hmm. I don't see those people hitting the field and- Proving their skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't actually see any of those dogs- in high stress situations, what I see from those videos, because I've watched a lot, yep. is a dog that is in a sterile training environment mm. and has learned like, hey, I can, I should engage with you because it's fun to do so. So basically, right? they're just Freddy fadeaways. <laughs> <laughs> you might might call it that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see the point they want to make and then you never hear or see from them again. Yeah. Mm. Well, and so like, here's the thing, and this is what my, again, I'm talking a lot about it, but I think that a lot of these sorts of things is just people trying to out progressive the the progressive yeah i like that term because it, it's it's relevant well it just becomes ridiculous there's mm. a point where it just becomes ridiculous it just makes no sense to try and be like look how look how hands off or look how fair to the animal i am look how amazing i am at it mm. and i think that this is not to take away from the idea of training a dog to like in husbandry techniques, yep. right? Like, and I think that training a dog, you know, there's there's other, like the, the box is the way I do it, but there's people who have many and various similar ways and or totally different ways that teach dogs it's, to- It's a, a form of meditation. Yeah, but mm. I mean, teaching a dog, at, at, at the core of it, they all lock into the, they all show a dog t- to uh, withstand discomfort. Yep. That's what, all it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think that all of them are just that they're teaching a dog to withstand discomfort rather than to consent to discomfort. I don't think that that's what's happening in any way. I think that you're teaching a dog to lean into the discomfort rather than consent to it. Just on the topic before we sort of move on from it, being the asshole that I am, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, I'm in a lot of different force free groups and this is where this kind of thing tends to really show up the most, right? I posted a video one time, I think I told you about this a while ago, where it was things had degraded in this group to the point where I ended up getting kicked out of it once I realized I was trolling them. But um, it was everybody was trying to out force free the other, right? Mm. And out cons- outdo the other in progressiveness. And they were doing it. There was, it was actually someone doing it at one of these games where the food was available for free on the floor and the dog was choosing to work for it. And the dog was a border collie. So the border collie wants to engage and work. It's highly with engaged person, already. Yeah. Right. Mm. The food is not really the motivator for that dog. It was the work that was the motivator for that dog. Yep. And try and do loads, that with a rescue bull breed. Yeah. There's loads mm. of reasons why. And, you know, I recently did a Patreon episode about that, about how. Not the, that there aren't those dogs around. Sorry to interrupt, but I mean, I, and, 
I, I know people will come back and say, well, I've got one that will do it. Oh, I know you have. Like, I know they exist. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know. So, anyway, I I wrote, I said, look, I, I prefer to prepay the dog. Mm. I prefer actually to give the dog the reinforcer and then ask the dog to do the work because uh, – I think that every anything else is prostitution. I don't think that we should be forcing any dog to do, <laughs> to do anything in order to earn something that it wants. I think the dog should live in a, a land of abundance where they have everything for free. Yep. And then so we give them the reinforcer unconditionally. And then if we truly have their consent to work, then they'll work even when they've got the reinforcer. And someone, someone was like, oh, that's outrageous. How could you say that? And other people were like, you're stunning and brave, <laughs> right? And someone How called me out. How progressive you, sir? Yeah, and someone called me out and was like, I don't understand how that could possibly work. So I have a rock solid hold command on my dog, right? Yep. So I told my dog to hold the ball, right? And he smashes into that thing like it's as though he's been released to get the ball. And then I get him to do a bunch of obedience. And it was nothing crazy. I think I just did a send away and some Oh, while he's holding the ball. While he's got the ball in his yep. mouth. And I was like, see. He's already got the reinforcer. I was like, see, I gave it to him straight away. And then he chose to do it. Yep. <laughs> now, the thing is that so I don't solicit to- my dog like a whore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so this relates to, you know, reinforcement, how it works. And there's, that's a deeper conversation. That's real training mm. and how holding the ball is not actually the reinforced to my dog. It's the, for my dog, it's, it's the, the fight. Yeah. A- and then by extrapolating that out, then I, I layer over uh, the work leads to the reinforcement and the command leads to the work leads to the reinforcement. Now my command is what actually brings the dopamine and my dog's happy to be told to do things. She likes to sequence behaviors close together, bang, 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 bang. Yep. And every time he doesn't get given the ball, even though it's already in his mouth as another behavior, yep. he gets a dopamine hit. So he just gets higher and higher and higher until eventually in dopamine until eventually that behavior goes extinct and that will happen eventually. Yeah. We have whole videos on that on Patreon, but Nice seeming, Patreon plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though it seemed like evidence of the fact that I could prepay the dog. Mm. Um, and then I think someone pointed out, like someone who knew me was like, this is what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly I couldn't, I couldn't find that group anymore. <laughs> right. Oh, you got booted from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well played. That's always nice when you know you've been booted from a group for yeah. Oh, look, I, I'm in a lot of those groups and I, I don't troll. I, I mean, I just call myself troll, but it was just that one time. I don't because I, I, I like to see what people are up to yeah. and, and I'm a, I'm a balanced trainer. So that means the whole spectrum. And sometimes from people, there, there are, in my opinion, some of the people who choose to like be positive or reward based trainers or whatever they're calling themselves. If you're actually a very good and competent trainer and you really do prescribe to that, you must be very good at the use of positive reinforcement. And mm-hmm. therefore I, I want to pay attention to and learn from you because I too use positive reinforcement. There's something to learn from everyone. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, it's not like I, I'm in those groups just to fuck people around or to troll them or whatever. I think that there's some valuable information in there. There's a lot of nonsense and there's a lot of junk, but yep. if you can- But there isn't both of, sides. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Totally. If yep. you can sift through that, then yep. like I say, there's plenty of people who really truly are like, I'm a one quadrant or as much as possible, I'm a one quadrant trainer mm. and they're very effective at it. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I want to see how you do that because like you must be very, very good at that one quadrant if that's all you're going to use. Yep. But anyway, so yes, off. naturally you want to learn from that person. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Show yeah. me, teach me. Yeah. Mm. Um, so anyway, that's that's a lot of me talking on the theory of can or consent dogs. I don't believe it exists. I don't think that a dog can consent to anything. And I think that anybody that the logic trap that I would get anybody in is when they say, "Oh, dogs can consent," I would say, "Okay, well then why don't we let them fight?" Like yep. because they fucking want to fight. Mm. You get two dogs that are like game as hell. 
and put they they all they want both want to do is rip each other to pieces. And I'm not talking about fear aggression. I'm talking about like proper game dogs. Yep. They legit all they want to do is fight. And the reason we don't let them is because it's cruel and unethical mm-hmm. because they don't consent to the consequences of it. Well, there's a lot of things dogs want to do when the time strikes them. Like they want to mate bitches in season. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't let that happen. That's a natural calling from it. It's an instinctive goal for the dog. It can smell the, the female in season and wants to go and mate her. And we're saying to the dog, no, you can't do it. We're locking the dog up. We're restricting it from something that is a natural occurring behavior for the dog. Yeah. That's another one. That's robbing the dog of, of something it wants to do. Well, you're, and not, here's you're a, not consenting to the dog's behavior. Here's the thing on consent as well. It, it, like if dogs could consent, then what we do to them day to day is, is sickening because like female dogs that are, imagine this, right? You're going to go into desexing? Well, that, you can talk about that, you probably more, but what I'm going to talk about is artificial insemination. Yep. Right? So she didn't consent to become pregnant from someone she's never met. Yep. Like, dogs have sexual preferences. Yeah, yeah. And so that's one of the things well, that- Well, that, that is an outrage that people have online. Basically, I'm trying not to use the word without triggering people, but being forced to have- Well, but no, not even matings, live matings. That's, yep. that's you know, that's another topic, right? But one thing Immaculate that, pregnancy. Well, this is the thing. This is like- uh, Immaculate conception, yeah. Ian, yeah. Ian Dunbar, at his mm. talk at ISCP, he talked about how there are sexual preferences amongst dogs yep. and there are social preferences. Yep. And their experiment involved, they had, uh, I think it was six or seven male dogs, yep. all intact, and one entire female. And day to day, she had a preference of who she liked to hang out with. Her friend. Um, yeah. And he, yep. he was her BFF. Yeah. And then when she went into season, she did not mate with him. She mated with someone else. Yeah. So that, it shows us dogs have sexual preference. Yep. Right? That's they a do. fact. Yep. That's a legit fact. A Most female will choose who she wants to mate with. That's right? why they make the males sing for their supper. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, for the betterment of whatever, she thinks that he's going to be a like his genetics are better for whatever reason. She made the choice, right? So the idea that she goes to sleep one day and wakes up pregnant from a dog that she has no idea, who, who's been dead for 10 years or is on another continent, right? There's no fucking way a dog could possibly consent to that, yep. right? There's, there's no way. And so if a dog were able to give consent in the, the, like in the way that people would talk about, then doing that is unbelievably unethical. Right. Right. And then, Similarly, that uh, the idea that we just go, well, this is your mate. This yep. is the one that you're going to, this is, you, you're in a kennel. You have no access to any males. And now this is the one, it's the only one you've ever met. Mm. And it's going to happen because he's here and it's happening whether you want it to or not. Yep. Like, so from a human point of view, that was horrific. Yeah. Like, imagine like from a person, if that like, you know, I'm sure that we probably like even upsetting people talking about that from a human point of view, mm. that would be the like horrific thing. That's fucking terrible. Do you know what I call But we this? do it to dogs every day. Yeah. Do you know what I call this, all this? A cascade in stupidity. Okay. That's what I've always referred to the term as, a cascade in stupidity. Because once we start looking at one topic, you can start seeing the frailty in it all and start thinking, well, you know, like we're talking about not doing obedience because we can't ask the dog its consent in something or taking it to the vet. What about sexually mutilating dogs because it serves our purpose not to be a lazy bastard and just lock our dogs up properly because there's so many foolish people out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why it is a cascade in stupidity because if you look at it, you think, my God, this is just outrageous. The whole argument is just built on a house of lies. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, that's an interesting one, right? Yeah, it is. um, That's a good point. I'm glad you brought all that up. Well, so- That's real good critical thinking. 
I have two dogs, mm. one male, one female. Yeah. Male is intact, female is not. Yeah. She was dissexed when she was four. And there's a reason we did that. All right. And again, this speaks to consent because it's a weird situation. So Valerie, since she has false pregnancies every time she goes into heat, all right? And the first time she did that was uh, for a dangerously long period of time. She was false pregnant for over 120-something days, and it was because Jane was pregnant. And she wouldn't give up on the idea of being pregnant until Jane was no longer pregnant. And she was like, I had got an ultrasound. I, I was <laughs> I was convinced she was pregnant. She was convinced she was pregnant. Mm. She was massive. She put on like two kilos. Yep. She at the at the end there was leaking milk all over the Lactating house. Lactating like crazy. Yep. Yeah, it yep. was it was madness. Yep. And my vet who knows it well, I was like, look, uh, this can't be possible. There's no way that she's pregnant. The evidence is suggesting that she is. So we have to do something about this and check it out, right? And I brought her into the vet and the vet took one look at her and said, oh, that dog's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then ultrasound, nothing in there, right? So anyway, that's another topic. <laughs> um, but she would have a false pregnancy every time. She has a, a grass allergy. So she's a great little dog. Um, and I spoke with the breeder about her and her sister ended up being bred. And he was keen to breed her until I said, look, she's got this grass allergy, which I have fixed. It costs like $6,000 and in, um, yeah, it was in had insurance, wow. luckily. Yeah in sort of, what do you call it, uh, vaccinations to get it done. She yep. didn't consent to. Um, wow. But How do you say? Yeah. Every every three weeks I would inject her right oh. there on the kitchen floor. Wow. Um, but fixed her grass allergy. But that was, it's fixed in her. It would She would potentially still pass it on. And so um, we're not going to breed from that dog. So I knew that when she was about 18 months old. I didn't – I kept her intact. And despite the fact that she would have a false pregnancy every time and there would be a few weeks of that – and her personality would change significantly after every time as well. And then uh, once Remy started getting sort of of sexual maturity and she went into season again, had another false pregnancy, and then uh, I quite liked her personality afterwards. And so I decided, well, she's four years old now. Um, she was about four and a half. I think that I will choose to desex her now. I think that she's gotten like she's mature enough to Did have, you ask her first? Well, this is the thing. I know she didn't want that to happen because she's an extremely maternal dog. She yep. loves Yeah, you've made that point. She fucking loves puppies. Yeah. Right. And she it broke your heart about she, it, right? She, yeah. She has mm. no interest in dogs. She yep. doesn't play with dogs at all. But puppies she loves. Didn't she have a little toy that she carried around and, yeah. and mothered it? Yeah. Well that was until she found out that like that was when <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> um, but anyway, she went into depression. She yeah. she went upstairs at my house for two weeks and only came down to – she barely ate and she only came down to, to go outside to pee and poo and she was depressed. Yep. And I, I she kind of fully understood what happened to her. Yeah. But I took away her ability to ever have – reproductive system. Yeah, yep. I, and I did yep. that. But I made the decision. Mm-hmm. I made – like I decided that what was going to be best for her – for her long-term health was at that point to yep. decide this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and this is where it comes into the point of you being a consenting guardian yourself and understanding the long-term benefits of it. That's right. And then having a cooperation with the dog. Yeah. So uh, somebody said that today when I was driving home and I asked this whole question about the consent thing and I believe someone said, I like to think of it more about having cooperation with the animal. Yeah, totally. And so do I. And I mean, and it's same thing for your son as well. When you're, you know, you, you want to have a cooperation with your son, you want to educate him about all this, but the times where he says, no, I'm not going to do it and he has to, well, that's the time you're going to pin him down. That's right. I mean, Randy, 
at the moment he's got a reoccurring yeast infection in his ear. It happens this about this time once a year where we come out of winter and we come into warmer weather and suddenly he, we've even got everything on standby for it. But he does not consent to having that stuff in his ear. He fucking hates it. Yeah. And there's times where he's threatened me violently when I've go to put I've, I've managed through training to stop him from doing that. So he accepts that it's going to happen. He does not like it. Yeah. Narelle's even afraid to do it with him because she's he, she doesn't have the relationship with him that I do. Yeah. But there's no way on earth that he consents to having this ointment in his ear. He even seeing it, I can like he'll come up to the window and he'll he'll stand there and he'll brace for it. But there is no consent in it whatsoever. And if I was to ask him, he'd say fuck right off with that cream. Yeah. Mm. He'd rather go through the pain of of his ear, yeah, which is r- ridiculous. Which could kill him. Which could kill him. Like he doesn't understand. That. He doesn't but that's, understand. That's the thing. He but doesn't that's understand. The, that's the point. Yeah, you, that's the good point. Yeah, is that he doesn't understand. Yeah, you know, he's got the mind of a two year old. Uh, he, I mean, there's there's very very limited, and it will always remain like that. You know, so that's the thing is that if you read any of Sapolsky's book Behave and you read through that, you can actually get an understanding of where the the animal brain stops progressing, mm. you know, and where the human understanding, you know, like there's such a limitation. I mean, they're, they're intelligent. There's no argument about it. Okay, we know that they are. We've, we've seen that through benefits in training. But the limitation on intelligence, it, I mean, we far precede our – Yeah, well, this is the thing, like uh- – I can't remember the name of the book. All this is in, but the eye, like our brain, is so much more complex. Absolutely, and like even that one thing, theory of mind. Yeah. For me to know, there's things that I know that you don't, mm-hmm. and therefore I can lie to you. Well, right? it's even your. It's even the ability to understand self. Yeah. You know, like they do understand self to such a limiting degree, but the the concept of our deductive reasoning and our cognitive awareness is so vastly concept. And this, he goes the argument again. This is what I say to people when we have this argument about intelligence in, in animals and people. Get your dog to do math for you. You know, get it to do two plus two. Yeah. Get it to pick up a pen and write a sentence. I mean, I, I know I've said this on this podcast before, but it's fucking absurd. Yeah. You know, the absurdities that we go to to have these progressive discussions online and so forth. And I think it's so – what's baiting me up, you can tell my temperature's yeah. rising on this. Yeah. I think it's damaging. Yeah, That's well, what it I is. think it is. It's, it is. It's not progressive. It's limiting and it's damaging. Yeah, it is. And and I think that, I think that trying to frame what you're doing because, like I say, all these people that say they're teaching their dog to to give or remove consent mm. are just teaching their dog a behavior. Yep. And they some of them do it really well. But the language that they use is fucking nonsense. Well, you, you so, said it before, Pat. They're locking the dog in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But so some of them are really good at it. Yeah, and yeah even, they are. even people who are just using. And good on you because that's what you should do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But they cloud their message by having nonsense involved in it. Yeah. Right? There's an old saying, you know, that says if you can't baffle people with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. Yeah, but I mean, even some of what they're doing is very impressive. Some mm. of the, like that. Like, that is. The locking in part is brilliant. Yeah. I love it. So it it's annoying when you see people creating nonsense around what they're doing well because then you're like hey that's not working for the reason you think it's working yeah that's working because of reinforcement history and like differential reinforcement in that behavior yeah that's working because of things we can easily explain yeah not because your dog is consenting to it and Mm -hmm. and like i say you just you only have to take like one step further when he says oh my dog's consenting to his injection to say yeah but is he consenting to the ramifications of it. Like he might be consenting to, he's not, but they could argue he's consenting to accepting the pain of it, but he's not consenting to 
being immune to, to Parvo. Maybe yeah. he wants to die of Parvo. How do you know? Right. <laughs> but this is the thing, like you don't know. And so we make these, we make informed decisions. Yeah. We make decisions for, mm. a, as guardians. Yeah. And this is, I think like, you know, I wish like Georgie would be the best person to talk about this because mm. she, she loves this shit. Yeah. Um, Georgie Harrington, if you're listening to this, we would love your input online. Yeah. And anyone else's like, again, as I said at the start, Stephen Crowder's catchphrase, change my mind. If there is somebody out there who has a scientific approach to this, not just a belief argument, I'm not interested in your belief, but if you do have fact around it, you know, Roger Brandes was really quite adamant about the whole concept of fact. So if you do have fact around it, change your mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm open to having my mind changed if you can change it. Yeah. Mm. Even when you think about vaccination thing, there's so much to it. Like, yeah. There's so much. So here's one, right? Like I'm vaccinated against the Black Plague. I know. Yeah. Right? Did you know that when we were in Colorado, apparently Denver had strains of plague? Right. Yeah. Didn't know that. So we we could have all died. No, and, not me. And not you. Fine. You're immune. I would have been fine. Yeah. But, but see, here's the thing. Like when I first went to Afghanistan in 2005, we're going to places that potentially people had not been to in hundreds of years. We're going into parts of the mountains and they said, well, we don't know. So you have to, you have to be vaccinated against this. Wow. And I said, well, I don't want that because it's a three-part vaccination. It's inc- You get very sick from it. Yep. Um, it's very painful. And they said, okay, you don't have to have it, but yep. you're also getting kicked out of the army. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> put it in right now, sir. But so did I really consent to that? Like, because the- like, No, you didn't have an option. That's right. Yeah. Right? Your like, op- well, you, you did. Your option was lose your job. Yeah. Or- Get the plague vaccination. Yeah. So, but you know, like if you went into the mountains of Afghanistan, and there was people there with a cart saying, bring out your dead. You'd feel pretty stupid, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> but so it's the same thing. Like there's a long process of like, okay, I know that this vaccination is going to be painful at the time. Right. So yep. what? I'm going to be quite unwell for a few days, which everybody was. And then in two or three weeks or whatever it was, I have to go, for, go again. Right. And go through and, all the same procedure, yeah. all the sickness and everything. Yeah. Yep. And so why would I accept that if not for, like, I understand the consequences yep. of it, right? Now, there's just no way. There's just no way you could explain that to a dog. Mm. Be like, hey. Or a young child. Yeah, exactly, right? Yep. And so I just can't see how anybody that is saying, like, the dog can – like, all that in medical procedures is one thing as well. Like, I think that we've done that to death. There's no point going over it. Mm. But then the other one in training is the whole point of training your dog – is to be able to get your dog to do the opposite of what he wants to do when you need him to do it. Yep. So the reason you train a dog to do a recall is because you need him to come back like so that you can leave the area or to potentially call him off of something that he wants to go to. Yep. So if in training you're, giving, you're saying to your dog, well, you have to consent to the work and, and even if it were possible to do that, mm. right? Then does your dog consent to coming back be instead of getting hit by the car that he is, he is pursuing, right? Like they just can't, they can't think things through in the way that we can. It's yep. impossible. And so we are not, and so as I was saying about Georgie, like we, like this sort of leads on to the idea of animal rights. Like it's not, there's, animals shouldn't have rights. They should have welfare issues that we maintain for them because mm. they, they're not, they're not capable of like rights come with responsibilities and they will not take up the responsibilities that, that, that he'll just do whatever the fuck he wants in order yeah. to please himself. Yeah. And so we then like, so, okay. Okay. Like my dog doesn't consent to the training today. So I, do, I know I do not effectively teach a recall. Mm. All right. Well, I need to, that dog to not get hit by a car. So well, how do I do that? Right. 
I micromanage his life to the point where it's impossible for him to, for, for that to happen. Yep. And so I think that his welfare is decreased. Yeah, right. they're under they're under eternal governance once yeah. we take them out of the their habitat. Any yeah. animal that we remove from their habitat and domesticate it or place it in a zoo or anything like that, they're under eternal governance from yeah. that point onwards. They but, eat eat when we feed them, they drink when we supply water for them. I mean, it should always be available anyway. Yeah, but, but through like it, again, it's a it's a Jocko Willing thing, but it like discipline creates freedom, and so by by saying to the dog, like, hey, no, you have to do this, right? Yep. When I when we're training, you have to, whether you want to or not. If I call you back, you have to come back. Yep. I don't care. Like, there's a consequence. There's 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 a consequence for action doing. You'll get a positive consequence, and there's there's a consequence for inaction, yep. or there's a consequence for the action of not doing. Right. There's a consequence for everything you do, and and, and I'm a hundred percent strict on that. And discipline is always present. Yep. But once I have installed that discipline, that gives you total freedom mm. because now you know. Right. So now I can, like I say, my favorite place to take my dogs is right next to a super busy road. And yep. I love to take my dogs there because only people who have highly trained dogs can take their dogs there. Yep. Because if your dog doesn't have a recall and he wants to pursue something onto that road, he will die. And mm-hmm. so he cannot do it. Right. But because my dog can do it, I know when I call him, he will come back and I have a way to, to, to compel him if he chooses not to. That t- total discipline means that in general, he has total freedom. Yep. Advanced obedience and ADT in the early days was always done on a traffic island on a busy road. Yeah, right. And we did it until the council kicked us off. Yeah, right. Yeah. Advanced reckless, sir. Well, I think it was beneficial. I think it was future building for the clients and their dogs. Yeah. Everyone loved it. We didn't have any unsafe practices. We didn't have any near misses or any issues. Uh, However, we had a lot of learning stability, not stability. We had a lot of gain from it. And as I said, the only reason we had to stop it was because we got a request from the council that motorists thought it was dangerous and mm. felt unsafe about that, which I can appreciate. You know, if you see like a bunch of 20 dogs sitting out on the middle of a traffic island <laughs> with somebody doing exercises and, you know, dogs in drop stays and so forth, that might be a little concerning. But um, like I said, no near misses or anything, but the benefits far outweighed the dangers. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I can talk too much more about it. I don't yeah, well, look, I mean, we filled some pretty good time in it. And it was, as I said, it was a, it's a topic that when I've heard a few people say it, and even more so, I thought mm, it is an interesting topic, and I'm sure it's going to one that's going to fuel a bit of debate, which I'm happy to have, as long as that, like, like I said, as long as it's not just this is the way I feel about it. I just feel this and I feel that. That's nice that people have feelings about things, but if you can actually produce some like hard science fact of why consent is important in owning and training an animal and how we go about achieving that, like what the benefits are for the animal, what the benefits are for the household. I'm happy to hear it, but I just don't think it exists. Mm. And that's me saying I don't think because I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know the ultimate answer to that. And like we've, we've always maintained on our show, we didn't come on here to say we're the industry experts in anything or everything we just said we're two guys eager to learn. I said we're two dickheads. Yeah, you did. With microphones. So sassy. Uh. But we are. We're two eager students. You know, we're always learning. And that's the concept that I want to encourage everybody to do is to have a very progressive evolution. You know, you talk about progression. I think the progression should be the evolution of learning. Like not believing that you – we were talking about in the kitchen before we turned the microphones on about the Dunning-Kruger effect. Mm. Well, you know, there's been so – I've been subject to parts of that in my life where I believed I knew a lot more about a subject than what I did, mm. you know, and it happens periodically. But what I'd rather know is what are the facts around it? Yeah. 
I think really what it boils down to for me is that you are your dog's custodian. Absolutely. And, and, and governor. Yeah. And mm. you have to make, same, same. you have to make the hard choices for your dog sometimes. Yeah. And, and know what it's about. I actually put a post on my Instagram a little while ago. I don't know if you ever noticed Remy has a scar on his nose. He has like across, across the top of his nose, he has these like line of hair that grows gray. Mm. And that is a, it's a constant reminder to me. He got that when I had his brother Mayhem at the start. He went to the States. I had them for a little while together. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. I remember him. He was going over to the coppers over there or something, wasn't uh, he? Or to the- Larry, a guy over there. Yep. And so Remy was in the car and Mayhem was doing some work. Me and Sam were doing some stuff with him. And he was doing bite work and Remy wanted to do bite work. And he lost his fucking mind and was trying to get out of the crate. And when I came back, he was biting at the bars of the crate and was trying to get out. And he had like basically uh, cut his nose from where he was trying to get out of the crate. Yep. And no big deal. This is a puppy who wants to- So he didn't uh, consent to being in the crate at that no. point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a puppy that doesn't want to be in the crate. And he was fine in the crate like day to day, but he could hear his brother doing bite work and he wanted to do bite work. And so- uh, Wait, did his brother consent to the bite work? Uh, well, this is the thing. That's what I'm going to get to, right? <laughs> okay. But so he has this scar on his nose that three years later is still there. Yep. Uh, and that's a constant reminder to me that, like, I am, I have to take care of this dog. Exactly. He does. He has no self-preservation. Yep. He will do things not understanding the consequences. He'll of become it, right? Fenton. So he was going to get his turn at the bite work. It was yep. just Mayhem's turn first, yep. and then he was going to come out. Mm. And I couldn't explain that to him. Right? There's no way he could understand that as a twelve-week-old puppy. And then. What he couldn't understand as well was that he was damaging his beautiful, beautiful face forever yep. by by smashing his head against those bars. And so every day it is like a, we're laughing about it, but it really is a reminder to me that like you have to take care of this dog because he will not take care of himself. 100%. He, he will do stupid things not understanding the consequences of it. And so like, for example, just now when we got here, he has ongoing issues with his ACL. When I got him out of the car, he was running around like crazy this morning. I got him out of the car. He's limping. So he's, we're here to, I'm here to do bite work. I've just driven an hour and a half. Which he would love to do. He's not going to do it. He's not right? going to do it. Because, because, and he will do it. Yeah, I know. And he, and he wants to do it. Yeah, because I know that it's not good for him right. today, right? Yeah. And so he, if he could give consent, would be like, fuck yeah, let's do this. But he will be further injuring himself. He'll be further damaging 100%. himself. 100%. And like I say, every day when I look at that scar on his face, that is a reminder to me of like, I'm his custodian. We, I'm his friend. I think of him as like my buddy, follows me around everywhere. When we compete in things, we're teammates, right? I think of it that way. But day to day, like my responsibility to him is to protect him from himself. Yep. And that means making him do things he doesn't want to do. And sometimes that means like, okay, bro, like we've done all the training that we can to get through this and now you're getting, you, you don't want it. So you're getting pinned down, which doesn't happen much with him because he's got so much obedience that I can put him into obedience, mm. right? But also it means then saying like, no, you can't do the things that you want to do. Not just that I'm going to force you to do things that you don't want to do because I know you need them. They're good for you. Yep. But also I'm going to stop you doing the things that you want to do because they're not good for you. Right. And like, I, I, there's two sides to that coin. I think that if you're going to stop a dog from doing things that it wants to do, and this is the, like, this is my logic trap with everybody is that if you're going to stop dogs that wanting to fight, fight, then because they can't consent to the damage that will happen to each other, right? Then you also then have to accept that you can force them to do things they don't want to do because you right. know it's better for them. Yep. And and should you then go through a variety of training things to minimize that? Of course you should. Not mm. not I'm not taking away from that, not in the slightest. I'm not saying that all the things that people say what they're doing is teaching their dog to give consent. 
they're not doing that, but they're teaching their dog to deal with the difficulty and struggle and blah, blah, blah. You should do that. 100% you should. You shouldn't just force your dog into husbandry procedures yep. if you can avoid it. But like if your dog gets hit by a car and he doesn't want anybody to help him, well, I'm going to like, we're going to use a catcher's pole. We're going to force a muzzle on that dog. Then yep. we're going to pin him down and we're going to give him the medical treatment that he needs that he doesn't understand that he needs yep. and certainly does not want. And would to try and attack you while you're on the road trying to. Yeah, that's right. Right. So like, that's just the thing. Like you can't have it both ways. You mm. can't say like, Hey, like, and, and in people you can. That's right. And I understand that, but it's because we are so much more complex, right? Like we are so much, there's so much more going on. We have the ability to think about the broader term solutions and concepts of what's going to occur. Like, for example, it's like first aid training. You're not allowed to do first aid on a person who does not consent to it. So if you're you're sitting there with blood pumping out of your arm and I've got a bandage ready to bandage you up and I say, Pat, I'm a first responder or first aider. Um, can I help you? And you say, no, I legally, I can't do it. Yeah. I have to wait for you to pass out or just, you know, stand by and, and wait for the ambulance to come and get you. Yeah. That's an interesting topic, right? I remember a thing a long time ago about a guy who had do not resuscitate actually tattooed on him and he was resuscitated and he sued the people that did. And the guy that did it said, well, fuck you. Like I'll, I'll accept that. Like I don't consent to letting you die. Yeah. Whether you, your problem now that I did resuscitate you is a you problem. Yeah. I wasn't going to let that happen. Yeah. So it's an interesting, like who gets to, whose needs get fulfilled. Is this, right? this, is this one of those cascades of stupidity? No. Well, this is a, this is a moral dilemma, right? Oh, yeah. That, like yeah, you don't, yeah, okay. you, I, I this person that. has chosen, I don't yep. want to be resuscitated, but then the paramedic says, well, I'm not going home with a dead person on my tally today. Yeah. And so I have the skills and capability to save you. I'm going to. Yeah. And so, who do we choose as the person who gets to have their their wishes fulfilled? Because both can't be. Well, right? it's two forms of consent violation. That's right, right? Mm. So it's an incredibly complex it issue. Is. It is. That I, Especially I, when the, the human psyche is involved. Yeah. So mm. it's an incredibly complex issue that I don't think can be distilled down to my dog performs a behavior that, mm. of, that is his signal of consent. Yeah. I just don't think that that can happen. Hmm. Well, when you consider the lifestyle that we create around dogs, like they're brought into the world often without consent, they're barricaded into households often without consent. Like if you didn't have your fences up and so forth, would the dog still hang around the home? You're often telling the dog not to eat things it wants to eat. You're often feeding the dog foods that's convenient to you that the dog has no choice in eating. You're taking the dog to the vet and getting the dog inoculated against viruses that it has no comprehension of. You know, when we talk about things cascading, there's problems and dilemmas cascading all around us in the environment that the dog has no control over. Mm. But in our form of governance, we're basically saying, well, I've taken the responsibility of bringing you into my household. I'm the governor of this, okay, and I've got to make rational and informed choices on your long-term welfare. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how many more times we can say the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've, we've talked round round circles and we're going to end it there. However, like I said, and, you know, to repeat ourselves again, if you've got any evidence to support the contrary, please bring it forward. Love to hear it. Yeah. Mm. I would be interested. Same. I, I would, I would as long as it, As long as it's science fact. If it's science fact, bring it forward. Love to know what it is and how it could better our relationship and our training schedules with our dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
All right. On that note, I think we should wrap it up. All right. Well, that's it for another episode of Canon Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, please like, rate, share, subscribe. Do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. We've been getting a few reviews on Facebook lately, which is wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Um, but, you know, do it on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. If you can give us a five-star review. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, thank uh, you. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is via Patreon. Three bucks a month gets you access to an extra episode. I've been really excited about that stuff lately. Um, yeah, your uh, video that you put up recently has really gotten some rave reviews. Yeah, I've been enjoying making that. I've got, an, I've got a, another one in the works at the moment oh for, for next month. And the, the Q&A on that one's going to be interesting as well. Yep. Anyway. We'll start calling you Petberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to get in contact with us, the best way to do that is via Patreon. We are – no, not via Patreon, by email. We are, oh, hang on, hang on. We forgot Teespring. Oh, yeah. Check out our Teespring store. We're going to have some new designs coming out soon too. Yeah, I've got some ideas on that. Yeah. And if you want to get in contact with us, send us an email. We are info at com. That's it. Music. Music. <laughs>